0: Welcome to Riches in Christ Radio Ministry with Diane Kennedy. Please stay tuned at the end of today's lesson. We'll give you information on how you can acquire this week's tape, along with information about our weekly meetings and website. Now, here's Diane Kennedy.
1: This week, we're going to begin a series on the importance of becoming a regular Bible reader. Now, I think I just heard a bunch of collective groans coming from the audience because you're thinking, great, I have more to do right now than I have time to do it. And now this radio preacher is going to tell me I need to read the Bible. And then some of you are thinking, oh, yeah, I know I should read the Bible, but I just don't understand it. It's boring to me. I don't get anything out of it. I've got real problems, and I mean I need some help, no, no offense to God, but i I don't get anything out of it. I've been in ministry for buku years now, and one of this is a big thing with Christians. Christians struggle with reading the Bible. and uh it's that's too bad because the Word of God, the written word of God can be life transforming. So I want to take a few weeks and share with you some things about how to read the Bible, why we read the Bible, and what you can expect it to do for you. I often do this kind of lesson at the beginning of the year and challenge people to become Regular readers of the New Testament. I'm going to explain what I mean by that as we work through this series, but I challenge people to do it and I guarantee them that by the end of the year, if they start on January 1st, by January 1st of the next year, they'll be a different person. Now, very few people actually take me up on that challenge, but every year I get a few that do it and every year those people come to me at the end of the year and they're transformed. They're so grateful that I challenged them to do it, and that they took the challenge because it's made a huge difference in their life. I teach a lot of subjects, a lot of topics, on a lot of things, and all of them are important. If I didn't think they were important, I wouldn't teach them. But this information that we're going to share over the next few weeks is without a doubt some of the most important information I have to share with people. And and people who take it to heart, I get tremendous feedback from them on the help it is in their life. So I, I really encourage you to listen to the next few weeks. I'm not sure. I think there's six lessons here. I'm not really sure. Um, it's life transforming. That's all I can say. It's not because it's my stuff. It's because it's the word of God and it's just simple instructions. People often ask me, how did I get to where I'm at in terms of what I know about the word of God? And I realize most of you that I'm talking to don't know me personally, but if you knew me personally and followed me around, I'm not a perfect person, but I've got a maturity and a stability that a lot of Christians don't have. And people want to know, how, how did you get there? And this is it. It's through regular reading, particularly of the New Testament. And as I say, I'm going to explain all of that and what it means. But I want to start out with a verse here. Uh, it's in, it's in the book of Acts. Let me sort of set the scene here. God, as our, God is our Father. If Jesus is your Lord and Savior, if you've bowed your knee to Jesus as Savior and Lord, you've been born of Him and you are now God's actual son or daughter. Literally. You are a partaker of eternal life. We've discussed that a lot on this broadcast. And the Bible makes it clear that as sons and daughters of God, we have an inheritance. And our inheritance is everything we need for this life and the life to come. Now that's huge right there, and we'll actually do a series on that um Over the next couple of months, the inheritance that's ours because we're sons and daughters of God. But before before we get to the inheritance, for right now, let me just say it's everything you need to live this life and the life to come. Let me read you a statement that the apostle Paul made to Christians who lived in the city of Ephesus. This is in Acts chapter twenty. I'm only going to read one verse. Let me set the scene. Paul founded the church at Ephesus, spent over three years with them, personally teaching them daily for two years. He was heavily invested in these people. He loved these people, was committed to these people, but he felt led of the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. And the Holy Spirit gave witness to him along the way that trouble awaited him ahead. And we can read the end of the story, and we know what happened. He's going to be arrested and jailed for preaching the gospel. He's eventually going to be executed for it. But he realizes when he's leaving these people here at Ephesus with whom he's dwelled these past three plus years, whom he dearly loves, whom he's invested so much in, he realizes he's probably not going to see them again in this life. And this verse I want to read to you is in the midst of his parting words to these people. Now, I'm building it up on purpose, I want you to get the impact of what he says to him, uh, says to them. On one level, this is like a deathbed confession. He knows he's not going to see them them again more than likely in, in this life. Think about it for a minute. Somebody you love, somebody you raised perhaps, somebody in whom you were heavily invested, and you know you're not going to see him again in this life. What would be the final words you'd want to leave with them? And remember, this is before the days of telephone, you know, Satellite communication, Facebook and all the stuff we have now. Um yes, he could send them epistles that he had written, <clears throat> and he would he would in fact send them an epistle, the epistle to the Ephesians, but he's not going to see them face to face again. Well what would you say to somebody? This is what he said. These are parting words. Acts chapter twenty, verse thirty two And now, brethren, I command you to God and to the word of his grace which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. Tons of stuff in that verse. We can't address it all now, but notice a couple of points. He's leaving them and he turns them over to God. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. He turns them over to God and his word, which reveals God's grace. And then he says, this word will build you up and it will give you an inheritance. Knowledge of our inheritance comes from God's word. Strength for the journey comes from God's word. Paul could do nothing greater for these people than to turn them over to God and to the word of God. That's how important the word of God is. Now, people, with, people struggle, sincere Christians struggle with reading the Bible for a number of reasons. Let me just list a few. Number one, they don't really know what it is or what it's for. I mean, everybody knows it's the Bible. It's the good book, God's Word. But what's its purpose? People don't know how to approach it and are quickly overwhelmed. My brother led me to the Lord. And he was a Christian three years before I became a Christian. And he tells kind of a funny story. We both came from, we were we were pretty wild when we came to the Lord. But we both had a tremendous transformation thanks to the new birth. Um, and somebody gave him uh, a little pocket Bible. And he, you know, explained to him, this is God's word. We, we were raised in a church, but the, this church really didn't reference the Bible at all. So we didn't even know what it was. But somebody said, this book, this is God's word, and you need to read it. And he thought, yeah, I absolutely do need to read it. So he opened to page one, the first sentence, which would be Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and started to read. Now, mind you, this is like a three-day-old Christian who knows nothing about the Bible, very little about Christianity, and he starts reading in Genesis. And he read through, I believe he got... Past Noah's flood. So that's the creation, the fall, Cain and Abel, <clears throat> excuse me, and the flood. And, uh, he closed the Bible and he said, God, I know I'm saved. You've saved me. I want to serve you. But I got to be honest. I don't believe a word of this. Now, if you find that shocking, get, get the picture. This is a brand new Christian. It, it, it was like a book of fairy tales to him. Now, thankfully, he got beyond that and now he's an excellent teacher of the Word of God as well, and he believes every word from Genesis to Revelation. But my point is, a lot of Christians do that. They open up and they start in Genesis chapter 1, and by chapter 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, they are lost, completely lost. Um, Very few people understand it when they start reading it, and people don't get out of it what they were expecting. So, reading the Bible becomes a chore, a big chore, and then they feel guilty, and then they don't want to admit it to other people that they really don't enjoy reading the Bible, because after all, we're Christians. But see, a lot of that comes out of false expectations about the Bible's purpose. Have you ever heard it said to you, or has someone ever said to you, oh, the Bible is daddy God's love letter to you? Now that sounds poetic and very emotional. It pulls on the heartstrings. Uh, but that's not true. It isn't a love letter from Daddy God to you. I'm not saying you can't get, get a picture of God's love for you from it, because you most certainly can. But that's not why it was written. It's also not a book of promises or a collection of wise sayings. A lot of people think the Bible is just a collection of wise sayings, kind of like Confucius, except The people that wrote it were saved. No, it's not a collection of wise sayings. It's not a book of promises, although there are promises in it. But that's not its purpose. The Bible wasn't even written to help you live a successful life. You know, a lot of times people approach it like that. This is the book of of success. Well, no, it's not. It wasn't written to help you live a successful life. The Bible was written to reveal God. Not to prove the existence of God. Don't hand your unsaved friend a book, uh, uh, the Bible, and tell him to read it and find out God is real. It wasn't written to prove God is real. It presumes he's real and then reveals him, tells us about him. The Bible was ri- it was written to reveal God and to reveal his plan of redemption. The Bible tells the story of God's desire for a family and the links to which he's gone to have that family through Jesus Christ. Everything in the Bible supports that theme somehow, and, and we'll elaborate on all this as we work through this series. The word Bible actually comes from a word that means books. The Bible is a collection of 66 books and letters that all together... Tell the story of God's plan of redemption, His plan to gain a family and undo the damage sin has done. We'll pick it up right here tomorrow. Amen.
0: You have been listening to Diane Kennedy of Riches in Christ. To order this week's teaching on CD, be ready for our number coming up soon. Diane teaches locally every Friday night at 7.30 p.m. near Highway 44 in Jamison at 4720 Jamison. Praise and worship is provided by Mercy's Child before each lesson. Riches in Christ provides a website at www.richesinchrist.com where you can listen to this week's radio lesson, download years of teachings and outlines, sign up for free weekly outlines, and order Diane's book, God is Good and Good Means Good. Friends, knowing that God is good is the single most important thing to stand on when trouble hits. If you think the trouble comes from or is allowed by God, then you need this book. For information or to order this week's lesson on CD, call us at 1-888-739-6619. Please mention today's date. Our number again is 1-888-739-6619.